First Corinthians 8 verse 2. Don't read, I'll read it for you. But just listen to what I'm saying. First Corinthians 8 verse 2. It says, If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. That's how I want to begin today. I want to say, if any one of you, you think that you know something, you know something of the word, you know something of God, then Paul is saying, assume that you don't know anything as much as you ought to know. You cannot learn from God's word unless you have this posture of humility in your heart. Unless you're willing to admit to yourself, not this fake modest, you know, false modesty and humility. You know? Yeah, yeah, Father, I'm here. No, I'm, I'm talking about real acknowledgement that I don't know anything. Father, teach me. I am willing to be learned. I'm willing to learn. If, if you had to change my entire theology today, I'm still willing to learn. You know, if, if, do you know what's the biggest hindrance in hearing God's voice? What is the biggest hindrance in hearing God's voice today is what you heard yesterday. Your biggest hindrance in hearing God today is what you heard yesterday. Because what we heard yesterday, we built a monument out of it. And we have made that as God rather than listening to God today. God gives us fresh manna every day. That's why we have a relationship. That's why we have a relationship with God. We're not holding on to what we heard yesterday, but we are holding on to what he wants to tell us today, right now, in the moment. That's why we come to church. Church, yes, you know, we say that church is a family, but I want to say don't limit church to be a community. Please don't limit to do that. Church is an authorized institution instituted by God where you can learn God's word, where you can know who he is, understand his nature, and learn to apply the principles of the kingdom. It's an educational institution. Say with me, it's an The reason why we haven't been taught like that is is the reason why people go to church, but they're not learning anything because they have not been taught that church is an educational institution. This is where you learn God's word. Okay? Bible school, yes, but church is also an institution where you have to learn God's word so that you can apply in your life Monday to Friday. So that you can be a minister of God wherever you are. I'm not the only minister here. You are, each one of you is the minister of God. Heaven sees you as God's representative. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, you are the ambassadors of Christ. You're representing God. How do you represent God? You have to learn somewhere, right? Ambassadors go through tremendous education to learn. This is where you learn. Sundays are where you learn. So when you come on a Sunday, you know, come with that heart of humility. Come with excitement. Lord, what are you going to teach today? What, what is that you're going to blow my mind with so that I can, I can be blessed. I can live a life of blessing for others. I can represent you wherever I go. You know, my mission place is the marketplace. My mission place is the workplace. My mission place is the college that I'm studying. My mission place is the school that I'm in where I can show to people who don't know you who God is, who Jesus is. Amen? Amen? Excited? Okay. Awesome, guys. So let's come with that heart of humility, posture of humility, because the Bible says the flesh profits Nothing. The flesh profits nothing. The flesh is limited. Your flesh is limited. Do you know that? You're limited. You yourself alone, you're limited. But that's why we have the Spirit of God that brings in His unlimited resource and unlimited supply. You can become an unlimited supply of God. You know, you can become an unlimited supply of God when you partner with the unlimited supply of God, which we call the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? The flesh profits nothing. But the mind that is set on the spirit is life and peace. Amen. Okay, so that's why we are here. Today, I again want to talk about love of money. And uh, since for a couple of weeks, we've been listening to Blessed Life. And about how God wants to bless us, how God wants to prosper us. Today, I want to balance it out in some sense. Uh, to tell you that as much as poverty 
the extreme side of poverty is evil, you should also know that the extreme side of prosperity is also evil. The Bible has warnings after warnings how riches, desire for riches can become so harmful. Can become so harmful. So, just imagine with me if life had levels where poverty is one side of the spectrum and the other side of the spectrum is extravagant riches. Both are harmful. Both are harmful. And we are called as Christians. By the way, do you know what's the meaning of Christian? The meaning of Christian is divine called. Who is divinely called? So look at one another and say, you're divinely called. Okay? If you're a Christian, you're divinely called. Meaning heaven has appointed you. Okay? So as a Christian, you're not called to live here. Because if you're living here, you, you're not being a blessing. And you're not called to live here because you should not be in a place where money, you know, money is your master. See, both, the reason why both are extreme and both are evil is because it comes from the same tree, which is the love of money. The love of money is evil. That's what the Bible says. The love of money is the root of all problems. We are not called to live in extreme poverty. We are not called to live in extreme riches. We are called to live a blessed life. Say with me, blessed life. You're not called to survive. You're called to live a life of blessing. Blessed life is a life where you are a channel of blessing to everyone around you. Okay? See, God does not have a problem with you having money. How much money is not, you know, how much money? Where is the limit? God does not have a problem with that. But God has a problem when money has you. God has a problem when money becomes your master. God has a problem when money becomes your God. Are you hearing me? Okay. So I want to show you a couple of scripture portions which shows, you know, this desire to be rich. It's so unhealthy. This desire to be rich is so you know, it's so uh, toxic. And when I talk about riches, you know, please understand. Jesus said, if you are unfaithful in this unrighteous mammon, unrighteous money, how will you receive true riches? True riches is not just money. Okay, true riches that God has, biblical prosperity is not just money, okay? I'm saying somehow the society has defined what it means to be rich, right? So the society has defined rich by defining what material possessions you have. So if you're living in a huge mansion, if you have five cars and you know, uh, you have servants, then the society says that you're rich. But that's not biblical prosperity is all about. Biblical prosperity, money is the least currency. In biblical prosperity, the major prosperity that comes from is your spiritual prosperity, which comes from your relationship with God. Then it moves on to your emotional prosperity, where your mind and your emotions are free and you are not struggling with any sickness over here and here. Then it goes to health, divine health. Then it goes to the quality of relationships that you have. Then it goes to money. Do you see the levels? It goes one by one. But if you don't have quality relationship and all that you have is money, then you're poor. You understand what I'm saying? Get it? So I want to show you something. Uh, Proverbs 10.22. Proverbs 10.22. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. Here, the word rich means full supply. Say with me, full supply. Full supply, not just of money. Full supply of anything and everything that you need to be a blessing. Full supply of emotions. Full supply of God's peace. Full supply of God's wisdom. Full supply of God's joy. Full supply of heavenly blessings. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I heard, I heard somebody say, I pray that you will not be so poor that all that you have is money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
full supply means rich full supply means everything it completes your entire life your spiritual life your emotional life now come on be with me your physical life and then your relational life and your financial life five dimensions of our lives what are they spiritual emotional physical relational financial life now the problem is because the society has defined what it means to be rich everybody is striving for the appearance of being rich the appearance of being rich that is not true riches true riches comes from the lord which adds no sorrow the appearance of being rich is oh i have a huge house i have five cars i need to have an iphone i need to wear the right clothes branded clothes you know the appearance of rich being rich yeah and that's how we judge people right we judge people by their appearance you know the kind of clothes that they wear you know the the kind of car that they drive we we have defined in our we have already judged in our mind what class of society they belong to so there's a peer pressure there's a peer pressure that all of us have oh i i need to have that tv you know that uh, uh, 90 inch tv why you don't even watch tv but why do you want that tv just because my neighbor has the pressure to appear rich see god does not want you to pretend he'll give you true riches you should not pursue the appearance of riches pursue true riches of the kingdom true riches of the kingdom has money but money is the least commodity it starts with your spiritual your emotional your physical health your relationships and then your finances that's why the bible says seek ye first the kingdom of god and all these things all these things will be added unto you seek ye first the kingdom of god so one thing i want to say is i don't think i don't think god wants everybody to become a billionaire okay every christian can live a blessed life but that does not mean that you have to become a billionaire to live a blessed life john the baptist have you heard of john the baptist if you were in the times of john the baptist and if you had seen his appearance okay how the bible describes his appearance he was nowhere close to being rich was he his appearance was not he was not wearing rich clothes he was not eating rich food he used to eat locusts i i don't know how they eat locusts but but the bible says how john the baptist had the boldness to stand in front of kings and to challenge them he had the favor of god that attracted people towards him that is true riches the favor of god the boldness that he has to become a blessing to be the voice in the desert for jesus that's a blessing to fulfill your purpose to add meaning to your life that's blessing so you don't have to become a billionaire to live a blessed life you can start living a blessed life with whatever you have right now right here and i'm not saying that you should not push through and become more of a blessing you should not push through to increase your channel of blessing you should do that but what i'm saying is today right now nothing stops you from living a blessed life because the because the prosperity of god is not in your material possessions the prosperity of god is on you that's why joseph was in the prison still he was prosperous you can be in a desert still you can be prosperous because the prosperity of god is upon you because the prosperity is with the presence of god you know when people come and ask me do you also believe in prosperity gospel and i understand where that where that is coming from but think about me for a second if the gospel is all about jesus is it the gospel is the gospel all about jesus man usme bhi doubt hai if the gospel is all about jesus right if my life is all about jesus is jesus with me is that the gospel that jesus is with us at all times yes is jesus poor if jesus is not poor and if the gospel is about jesus how can the gospel not be prosperous it is the gospel of prosperity but the problem is the moment 
we talk about prosperity in the church, the problem is everybody only thinks about bank balances and money. That is a problem. Biblical prosperity is not just about money. Am I saying that your financial needs will not be taken care of? It will be taken care of, but you don't have to become a billionaire to live a blessed life. See, Jesus did not have billions of dollars to be a blessing. He could multiply bread and fish in the wilderness. He could pay his taxes by telling Peter, go catch the fish. The first fish that you find, there will be a coin in, in his mouth. That's prosperity. Why? Because you're not dependent on economical conditions that is affecting you. You're not dependent on the bank. You're not dependent on your accounts. You're not dependent on your parents. You're not dependent on things that are surrounding you and that is holding you down. Prosperity of the Lord is upon you. Why? Because the prosperity of the Lord is the presence of God. The prosperity of the Lord is the presence of God. Amen. Amen. So the reason why I'm saying is don't run after the appearance of riches. You know, the pressure of, oh, you know, somehow now I'm married. Now I need to get a house for myself. Right? Now, you know, I, I'm, I've been working for five years. Now I somehow need to get a car. Don't fall in the temptation and the pressure of appearing rich. No. But be a blessing in whatever capacity that you can be. And God will increase that channel of blessing. And you will be rich. The Bible says like this, a good man leaves inheritance for his children and his children. I did write the reference. I can't find it right now. Oh yeah, here it is. Uh, Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So I'm saying, yes, you should financially grow to a point where your children's children are blessed. Not just you, but your children's children are also blessed. The Bible says, if you are a blessing to your grandchildren, that means you're a good man. Do you want to be good? Then you should grow. Then you should pursue God so that he can bless you to become a channel of blessing, not just to this generation, but to the next generation and to the next generation. That is what God's calling is for your life. Amen? But I want to show you uh, seven Sorry, not seven. Five warnings on the love of money. Five warnings that the Bible has when you desire just money. When you desire just extravagant riches just to show off. Five warnings, okay? Do you want to see it? The first one is Matthew chapter 13 verse 22. Matthew 13 verse 22. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world, and listen to this, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. This is Jesus. What is he saying? Riches can be deceptive so much when you run after money, it can choke God's word from your life. The love of money can choke God's word from your life. It's a warning. What's the first warning? That the deception of riches can choke God's word. You can go to church, you can listen to God's word, but it will, it will choke, it will not be fruitful. Why? Because your heart is for money, not for God. Your heart is, you know, your heart is so twisted in desiring for more money that it will choke the word that you're listening to. You'll be unfruitful. I'll show you the second second warning. First Timothy chapter six verse nine. First Timothy chapter six verse nine. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Hallelujah. The Blessed Life Conference was so good. Today I'm receiving so much of friction. Nobody wants to say amen to that. See, the desire to get rich, there's, there's a level 
where your heart can be so twisted that it can become a snare for you. Do you know what's a snare? A snare is a trap that you set for animals to catch animals. The desire for riches can be a trap for you so that your life will be ruined and destroyed. So don't pursue the appearance of riches. The Bible says that. The third point, Proverbs 11 verse 28. Proverbs 11 verse 28 says, Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. What's the third point? If you trust in your riches, you will fall. Riches can make you fall. Confidence in your riches can make you fall. But what does the Bible say? But the righteous will flourish. Isn't that beautiful? See, Jesus said, he, he said, if you put your riches, if you put your confidence in riches, it'll be hard for you to enter the kingdom. Remember Jesus saying that? If you put confidence in your riches, it'll be hard for you to enter the kingdom. The fourth one, Luke 16 verse 13, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Money is a master and you cannot serve God and money at the same time. Either you serve God or you serve money. Money is a bad master. Fourth point, money is a bad master. Fifth one. Fifth one. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 11. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments and His rules and statutes which I command you today. Lest, see this, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God. What's the last one? Fifth point. That the desire, the love of money, the desire for money can lead you to pride that will make you forget God. It's a warning. It's a warning to keep your heart guarded from the love of money. It's a warning to keep your heart guarded from desiring too much money because too much desire for money, one, can choke God's word, two, can become a snare to your heart, three, this confidence that you have will make you fall. Four, money is a bad master. Fifth, it can lead to pride. It can lead to pride. Do you know the richest and the wisest person, King Solomon, do you know what he says? He says, God, I ask you of two things. One, don't make me so poor that I steal and I spoil your name. And don't make me so rich that I forget who God is. Solomon says that. Don't make me so rich that I forget who God is. So there's a balance, right? And you should not, absolutely not accept poverty because po poverty is not designed for you. But you should not aim for such desires to become rich that your heart is twisted by those riches. But you should aim for God. That's why the Bible says again and again, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. That's why I'm saying you can live a blessed life starting from today irrespective of what money you have in your bank balance. You can be a blessing today. You can be a blessing today. It starts with a desire to become a blessing. When it becomes, when it starts with a desire to become a blessing, God will give you, if it is money that you require, God will give you the money. If it is education that is required, God will give you the education. If it is connections that is required, favor that is required, God will give you that. It starts with a desire. How many of you have the desire? Lord, my desire is to live a blessed life. My desire is to represent you as you are. Like Jesus said, you know, you, you want to see the Father? Look at me. Like that. The desire to represent God, to represent the good father, to be a blessing for not just this generation, but for the next generation and the next generation. Amen? 
So I want to give you three points on how you can avoid the snare of the love of money. Three points, okay? The first one is trust God to be the source of your finances. Trust God. Trust God. It's not your wisdom that got you the promotion. It is God who gave you the promotion. You know, it is not my effort that has improved my finances. It is God who blessed you. Right? It is not my education, you know, how much I studied all through the night and I burned the midnight oil that I passed the exam. It is God. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8, you know, it is I who gave you the power to become wealthy. God gives us the power to become wealthy. So trust God to be the source. Do you know why we give our tithe? We give our tithe because we want to acknowledge that God, you are the source of my salary. Yeah, you, my, my company gave me this income, but this tithe I return to you because I want to acknowledge that you are the source of my money. You're the source of my riches. Trust God to be the source. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. It doesn't say who poorly provides. It says who richly provides. When you trust not your finances, but when you trust God to be the source, He richly provides. He richly provides. So turn your attention from money. Turn your attention to God. And trust Him in Him to be the source. What's the first point? Trust God to be the source. See, Colossians chapter 2 verse 6, 6 and 7 says, you know, Paul says like this. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. How did you receive Christ Jesus the Lord? Can somebody tell me, how did you receive Christ Jesus the Lord? By believing in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and by confessing that he is Lord. So Paul is saying, therefore as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Meaning, how did you receive Christ Jesus? By confessing that Jesus, you are the Lord of my life and I give you my life. So even with your finances, Jesus, you are the Lord of these finances. I give you my finances. Jesus, you are the Lord of my workplace. You know, where I'm working, you're the Lord of my career. I give you my career, all for your glory. Like Hannah, you know, she says, Lord, if you bless me with a son, I will give that son back to you. Trusting God to be the source. Trusting Him to be the source of your finances. Trusting God to be the source of everything and anything that you require. Amen? The second one. Be grateful and content with what you have. Not with what you will have. With what you have. Be grateful and content today. Not tomorrow. Today with what you have. You know, I was reading a report by Canadian Red Cross. They said, and listen to this, they said, if you have food in the refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, and a place to sleep, then you are richer than 75% of the world's population. Did you know that? You're in the top 25%. You want me to read the list? If you have food in the refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, and a place to sleep, then you are richer than 75% of this world. What are you complaining today about? What are you complaining today about? I'll tell you a secret. Divine secret. Complain and thanksgiving don't go hand in hand. They're not friends. You can either complain or be grateful. You can either complain or give thanks to God. They don't go hand in hand. Stop complaining. Be grateful for what God has blessed you today. Be grateful. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. Listen to this. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, 
and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, is so taken out of context. But here Paul is saying, whether I am in lack or whether I am in abundance, I know that Christ who is in me, I can do all things through Christ. Because the, the, the posture of my heart doesn't change based on my changing circumstances. Whether I am in desert, I am still prosperous. Whether I'm in the valley, I'm still prosperous. Whether I have a job, I'm still prosperous. Whether I don't, don't have a job, I'm still prosperous. Why? Because the prosperity of God is not on my material possession. It is on me. So to be grateful, to be, to be really grateful to what you have today. What do you have today? Ask yourself, what do you have today? Why are you complaining because you're not grateful to what you have today. Do you know what's the secret of multiplication? You know what's the secret of multiplication? When Jesus multiplied the five bread and the two fish, you know what was the secret? First he asked his disciples, what do you have? What do you have? And the disciples came and said, we only have five bread and two fish. What can you do with that? How can you feed 5,000 people? But Jesus, he did not just see five bread and two fish. He saw abundance. What's the secret? The first is, ask yourself, what do you have? You have to know what you have. If you think you don't have anything, you'll never multiply. You'll never be a blessing. You have to ask yourself, what do you have? Whatever it is. Because how you see is not how God sees. God sees abundance. And where you see five bread and two fish. So Jesus said, what do you have? And they brought in five bread and two fish. And do you know what, what was the first thing that Jesus did? He took the five bread and two fish. Now tell me something. Is five bread and two fish is enough to feed 5,000 people? Tell me. Practically speaking, is it enough to feed 5,000 people? No, right? But you know what Jesus did? He took the five bread, he took the two fish, and he gave thanks. He did not say, oh, let it multiply in the name of Jesus. Oh, sorry. In my name, let it multiply. He did not say that. He did not say that. Oh, Father, come on. Is it multiplying? No. He took the five bread, two fish. He gave thanks. He broke it. Do you know when it started multiplying? When they were distributing. It did not multiply when he gave thanks. It did not multiply when he broke. It multiplied when it became a blessing. When you recognize what you have, and when you start giving thanks for what you have, and you take that step of faith in whatever capacity that you have, you know, in the moment it feels like you're stretching, you know, you're stretching your faith because this is all that I have. But as you become a blessing, you'll see, man, God is multiplying. How, how is this happening? God is multiplying. This oil is not stopping. I'm keeping more vessels after vessels, but the oil is not stopping. The oil will take the shape of the vessel that, is it, that it is in. And as you become a blessing, as you flow, it will multiply. First, what do you do? You ask, what do I have? What do I have to give to the Lord? Second, give thanks. Be grateful. Be grateful. Oh, Lord, I have, I have only 100 rupees in my account, but I am absolutely grateful. Whom can I be a blessing today? That's all I have, but I want to be a blessing. Whom can I be a blessing? The moment you are a blessing, the moment you are the distribution channel of God's kingdom, you will see multiplication then and there. That's how God works. Amen. The third point, be faithful in what you have been entrusted. When I say be faithful, understand that whatever God has blessed you, that is not your own, that belongs to God. Whatever God has blessed you, the shirt that you wear, the money that you have, it's not your money. It belongs to God. So be faithful in what you have been entrusted. We are called to be good stewards. Yeah? So, 
the point is don't keep praying for more it's okay to pray for more but i'm saying instead of just praying for more oh lord give me this give me that give more of this more of that more of this instead of doing that be prepared for more it's a different thing instead of just praying for more be prepared for more see we we could have done church with the same amount of people in the older place that we had right but we purposely we stretched our faith we took all that we had invested in this place we didn't need the carpet we did the carpet we didn't need lights we did the lights we didn't need the sound we did all of that why because we are preparing for more to what god can do so instead of just praying lord bless me more bless me more bless me more bless me more prepare for more prepare for more you you're thinking of starting a business prepare yourself where is the business plan which audience are you going to cater to where is your preparation what if god gives you the business what will you do then oh wait wait, wait let, let me figure out a business plan it doesn't work like that it's it's in your preparation that god opens more divine favor divine opportunities and finances and blessings prepare for more be prepared for more yeah now how do you do it how do i prepare for more how am i faithful to what god has entrusted me you want to know practical stuff yeah turn with me to second corinthians chapter 9 verse 10 second corinthians chapter 9 verse 10 he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness now i want you to underline if you can't underline at least highlight in your mind see four words first one is seed second is bread third is multiply fourth is increase seed bread multiply increase so what does he say he gives seed to the sower and bread to the bread for food okay now understand something if this is your monthly salary okay this is the amount of your monthly salary so if this is your monthly salary god will give you the seed and he will give you the bread the seed is for your tomorrow the bread is for your today so what does he multiply he does not multiply your bread what does he multiply he multiplies your seed so what you sow for tomorrow gets multiplied it can multiply 30 times 60 times 100 times but your bread does not get multiplied why because your bread is for today most people what they do is this entire thing becomes their bread they're living hand to mouth you know that's the phrase that they say hand to mouth every cell one one month you don't get salary you will not have anything to eat why because you have not sowed for your tomorrow seed is for tomorrow bread is for today have you seen an apple in the apple there are seeds do you eat the seeds what do you do with the seeds you spit it out but some smart people would take those seeds and they would sow it in the ground when they sow it in the ground that seed has the potential to bring forth many more apples isn't that good so in your salary you have to understand that there is seed that has a potential to multiply and there is bread that is for your today you have to identify which one is your seed which one is your bread because if you don't identify which one is your seed which one is your bread you will keep eating your seed Have you tried eating apple seeds? They are bitter. They are very bitter. Have you tried ap- apple seeds? They are bitter. Do you know why your life is bitter? Because you are eating your seed. You want to eat. You want to live a blessed life. The first thing is be faithful with what God has entrusted you. You have to identify your seed and your bread. Okay. So I'll give you some. Are you with me, guys? Okay. So. so just imagine this is your monthly salary okay 10% what is this your tithe this does not belong to you this belongs to 
God, when you give your tithe, what are you declaring? You're saying that God, you are my source. You are my source. Not my wisdom, but your wisdom. Not my effort, but your effort. Not my favor, but your favor, you know? You are my source. It's not by striving, but your favor is upon me. So when you give your tithe, it is you saying that God is my source. Then you have 90%. So now all that you can play around, listen to me, okay? All that you can play around is your 90%, right? Now in your 90%, you have to understand that there is seed and that there is bread. You have to identify which one is your seed, how much percentage is your seed, and how much percentage is your bread. I'm talking in percentage so that you can develop a consistent lifestyle. You can be faithful. Tithing is something that brings in a faithful lifestyle. Say with me, faithful. Jesus said, if you're not faithful in this unrighteous mammon, how will you be faithful in? True riches. Right? So being faithful. Tithing, you give to God, then out of the 90%, you have seed and bread. You have to identify your seed. You have to identify your bread. Okay? Students, write, write, okay? Because this is the best time for you to learn. Because if you can become faithful in the 1,000 rupees pocket money that you have, you'll be faithful in 10,000 rupees. If you can't be faithful in 1,000 rupees, it will be very hard. Very hard when finances come, okay? So 90% is your seed and bread. Now, how you divide this is upon you. Is on you. God gives you the privilege of doing this by yourself. Okay? But I want to give you an example of how we do it so that you will see an example and you can apply that. You don't have to do exactly what we do, but you can apply that in your life for yourself. Okay? So, out of the 90%, what me and Betty do is 15% we take out for seed and offering. How much? 15%. 10% we can't touch. So as soon as the money comes, before we pay our bills, before we do anything, the first thing that we do is we return our tithes. The first thing. It's like the moment salary comes, the first thing, return your tithes. Why? Because you don't want to be tempted lying there and you're like, ha, ha, it's looking good. Probably I can buy a better laptop. You know, you don't, you don't want to tempt yourself. So the moment money comes, I tithe. Then what I'm left is with 90%, out of which 15% goes to seed and offering. 20% goes to savings. 20%. What am I doing? I am being grateful for what God has blessed me. I'm being grateful. This is what I have. Why am I inculcating a habit of saving? It's 20%. Why am I inculcating a habit of saving? So that why am I inculcating a habit of saving? So that God can bless my bonds. The Bible says the Lord will bless your bonds. For the Lord to bless your bonds, you should have bonds, no? If you are eating everything that is there in the barn, how will the Lord bless? True? Right? So inculcate a habit of savings. Inculcate a habit. Now, this savings, for me, it includes investments, you know, across mutual funds, stocks, uh, uh, fixed deposits, recurring deposits, so many things, okay? But overall, it is 20%. So 10% goes to tithe, 15% goes to seed and offering, 20% goes to savings. How much am I left with? 55%. This is what I use for bread, for, for paying off of for paying the electricity bill, for paying a food and anything that is required, this is what we use for bread. My prayer is that one day we drop to 30% and rest everything goes here so that we can be a blessing for the kingdom, we can increase our giving, we can be generous. Have you heard the name Colgate? He was a Christian businessman. He used to give his tithe and the Lord started blessing his business. He came to a point where he was living off his 10% and 90% he would give to the kingdom. Isn't that amazing? So by tithe, you are saying that God is your source. By disciplining yourself in the 20% savings, you're being grateful for what you have today. And by taking out the seed and offering, you're being faithful to what God has entrusted you.
Okay? Now, this is our breakup. Your breakup can be different. You can't touch this. Why? God said 10%. So don't touch this. But with your 90%, your window of breakup can be different. Now, if you say, I, you know, I, I need 70% of my income to survive. That's fine. But do have a habitual, consistent discipline of saving and seed. Why do you save? So that you can invest. You can invest somewhere. I'm giving you practical tips. Just, just imagine with me, okay? Somehow, every month you save 9,000 rupees. Somehow. Every month you save 9,000 rupees. You save for five years. That accumulates to around 5 lakh, okay? Average, 5 lakh. So you accumulated 5 lakh rupees, somehow. And a friend comes to you and tells you, hey, bro, I have a great deal for you, you know? There's this house that's there that's worth... 80 lakhs, but they are willing to give it at 30 lakhs. But they want 5 lakh as cash right now. Rest you can give as loan, rest you can take loan and give, but they want 5 lakh as cash right now. If you didn't have that 5 lakh, that will not be even an opportunity for you. You will not be like, have you seen me? You'll be like that, right? But if you had that 5 lakh, you'll be like, yeah, that's a great opportunity. That is the blessing of God. That's the favor of God. See, don't just see the favor of God as money magically appearing in your account. This is also the favor of God. As you are diligent and as you're faithful in your savings and your seed and your tithe, God will multiply your money. I'm teaching you how God multiplies money. And this, we have done it over years and God has multiplied Multiply 10 times. Can you imagine 10 times? 10 times multiplying. You know, in, in your offices that you go, they talk about 25% increment, 20% increment. And we, we praise God for that. That's a great testimony. But God has a power to multiply in times. He can multiply 2 times, 3 times, 5 times, 10 times, 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. He has the power to do that. When? When you first trust God to be the source. Second, when you're grateful for what God has given you right now. And third, when you're faithful with, with what God has blessed you with. Amen? So don't just think of a wishful thinking. Make a plan today. If you are a student and a thousand rupees is all that you have for your pocket money and you have so much of expenses to take, you still can practice it with that thousand rupees. Do it today. And I challenge you. Give it like six months and see how God is going to bless you. In, in, in the capacity that you have been given, God will bless you. See, when Jesus talks about the parable where the master gives five talents, two talents, and then one talents, the five talents one, he, he made ten talents. The two talents one, he made four. You know, he added two more, so it became four. It became double-double, right? The question over there was, were they faithful with what they got? See, when God gives you the blessing, the blessing that God gives you has the power to multiply by itself if you start using it. It has the power to multiply by itself. So if you're not multiplying the finances that God has blessed you, that means there's something wrong somewhere. Somewhere we are lacking knowledge that we need to know. So I want to challenge you as a church. How many of you want to grow in finances and be a blessed? Be blessed and live a blessed life to be a blessing. You want to do that? Trust God to be the source. How do you do that? By giving your tribe. Not as an obligation, but trusting God. God, you are the source of my life. What a privilege. This is for me to return my tithe. Give your tithe. Then take out money for your seed. Your seed is for your tomorrow. Tomorrow. God has the... God has the power to multiply that seed. Then save some money. I'm saying, you, you might say, oh, but I'm only earning so and so. And I'm saying, can you save 50 rupees? See, it's not about the volume of money. Again, I'm not talking about the volume of money. I'm talking about the posture of heart where you trust God to multiply whatever you do. Can you, can you save 50 rupees? Is there anybody who can't save 50 rupees here? I don't think so. You can save 50 rupees? then slowly, slowly you can increase that. 
but build a discipline where you save you build a discipline let god let god bless your barn what is your barn your bank account which you don't touch don't don't run after appearance of money you know as soon as you get a raise don't buy an iphone please don't do that you you can't be more stupid than that be diligent anybody comes and tells you i have a quick way to make money please run after you know run away from them run away from them because god will bless you but it takes time it takes time why does he takes time because he's teaching you in your heart the posture of your heart should never be money the posture of your heart should be after god that's why he does it slowly theek hai trust god to be the source be grateful with what you have and be faithful amen is that good enough okay when you hear a revelation make a commitment okay okay come on let's pray father we thank you we thank you for reminding us again that you have given us the power to make wealth you are the greatest blessing that we have and so father this is our prayer today that we will not run after riches but we will run after your heart we will run after the purposes of your kingdom we will run after to find meaning in our lives by fulfilling your purpose and your calling that you have upon our lives father i pray today if there's anybody over here who's struggling with money who's struggling with the deceitfulness of money in the name of jesus we declare the gospel has the power to deliver you because it brings good news to the poor and the good news is that jesus is our true riches embrace jesus today and you will be set free from anything and everything so we embrace you jesus father we declare in this place that god you are our source you are our source help us to be grateful and to be faithful with what we have we thank you lord we know that you are doing mighty things and you are going to do amazing things in our lives because we know that you have taught us these principles and these secrets of the kingdom for us to be a blessing and we know that there's no way that we will not be blessed there's no way so we receive your blessing in the name of jesus we pray amen amen okay are you blessed guys you bless so please discipline yourself in your finances and don't run after the appearance of riches okay true riches is not in houses and blah blah run after the kingdom riches will follow amen okay may god bless you